Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda and Dundalk. The March sales event is now on, offering low APR finance and deposit contribution across the 191 Renault range. Offer ends March 30th, so call into Blackstone Motors, Drogheda or Dundalk today to see how affordable buying a new Renault is. You're very welcome to Wednesday Afternoons, Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Coming up later on the show, if you're thinking of sending your child to university, well, I shouldn't call them children, should I? Young adults, if they're going to university this year, you'll be very interested in what Jill Kirby has to say because there are very competitive options to go abroad and study compared to Ireland. We'll meet a mead man who, with his family, climbed Mount Blanc. He's heading for 70 years of age. Siobhan O'Neill White is with us. Yes, comedian time coming up. Lots of tips from Siobhan of how to cut the cost on the big day. But first up on today's show, I bumped into this guy at Keith Barry's recent show in Drogheda. I hadn't seen him for quite some time for good reason. His acting career took him stateside where the boys done really good. Colin O'Donoghue, you're very welcome to Late Lunch. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. Have you been here before? I'm trying to think like we're over 10 years on the air. The early years you might have popped in. I think in. I was here uh, just when The Right had come out, which is, yes. pro- which is close to nine years. Yeah, I thought that all right. Yeah. It's eight, l- eight years. Eight years. Yeah. God almighty, Colin. The yeah, it's a while. Has yeah. just flown by, hasn't it? I know, it? yeah, it's gone by very quickly. And you've, as I said, been stateside for the majority of the time. Once upon a time, seasons two to six just finished up last year and you are synonymous with Captain Killian Hook-Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two to seven. Was it? Yeah. Ba- oh, you were. Yeah, you were I in the final. Years, That's yeah. right, the final series as well. Um, yeah, it was, it's crazy. It feels almost, it's like a blink of an eye nearly you know it's gone by very very quickly when did you move across and you made the move like over there what year was that well i technically i never made the move i i sort of i traveled and spent quite a bit of time in la mm. like a lot of actors um do uh but i never actually physically moved there okay. and then once once i got once upon a time uh, I had to to move to Vancouver to shoot that there, but it was never a specific. I'm going to move to try and do okay. something. It was I was doing a show, so I had to go there. Oh, so it was Vancouver, and that's where the uh, show was shot for the years yeah. that it was on. You yeah. based yourself there then, and moved about as well for other stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like we'd come home for so the show would shoot from uh, July on until. April, May, and then we'd come home 
back here for yes. for a few months, but so I'd, I'd sort of move off to do different things. Whatever. Yes, even when you were here. But so it's a fairly fluid arrangement for your wife Helen and and children as well. Yes, I know it it has been. Yeah, it has been. But um, I've been very very lucky to have uh, a very supportive uh, wife and um, family. So yeah. yeah, it's been great. The show itself you mentioned the filming between July and April what's involved when you're shooting a series like this is it a full on week every week or how does it work it intrigues me this it depends on the show of course um, but for me on Once Upon a Time I, I was kind of I came in and, and got very busy very early on on the show so you're talking about five maybe six days a week which would be a, a 14 hour shoot day um, now that doesn't include the hour you're in before for hair and makeup or whatever, or the hour yeah. afterwards, or travel time and stuff. But mm. so they were long days, but they were it was incredible, you know. On Once Upon a Time in particular, because every episode was a completely different thing. It's not like every week it was sort of the same idea, but just a, a slightly different story. With Once Upon a Time, we were in. Agrabah one week or we were in Neverland or we were in wherever you were you know and so that was great a great experience but it was it was intense it was a lot of work you know um, and when you're standing at four o'clock in the morning in the mountains in Vancouver in the middle of December at minus whatever in basically just a blouse uh, <laughs> you sort of that's when you begin to go oh I wouldn't mind being at home in bed now. <laughs> That's the glamorous side. Yeah. That's the glamorous side, yeah. <laughs> I don't think people ever see that because when you see the finished product, you know what I mean? It's put Yeah, together you so see it. Or, or yeah. what, what, what people tend to see is... You know, they watch the movie and see it and go, oh, that's that looks incredible. And, you know, they'll see the maybe the, the premiere of it and stuff where there's the red carpet and everybody looks very glamorous, but they don't see the 16 hours mm. lying in a ditch somewhere. You know what I mean? But that's the job and, and it's yeah. an incredible... Uh, experience to be able to do it and you know when they go and shoot this is just my curious mind again and you mentioned that 14 hours or whatever does it take more than a day or several days to shoot one episode and do, do they do them sequentially or are they hopping from one to to another and once upon a time it was sequentially and uh, we would shoot an episode over eight days so um that was which is actually very quick for what they actually achieved. Mm. I mean, essentially you're shooting a movie's worth of material in eight days. Yes. Um, it depends on on the show. I think, you know, with Once Upon a Time, we did 22 episodes a season and there were two seasons we did 23. In the same length of time that it takes, I think like Game of Thrones or something like that, it would shoot eight to ten episodes over the same length okay. of time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So the writers were still trying to kind of figure out exactly what to write for certain episodes toward the end of the season while they were while we were shooting yes. whereas I think with certain shows you might have the six to eight scripts already written so you can you can then plan yes maybe we'll shoot this from episode six there you know yes. at the same time that we're doing whatever mm. I'm just walking around in my brain here 180 something days you know to make know, the 22 yeah. roughly it's a it's a lot of input and a lot of hours going yeah. into it do you know when you're in this and, and you're playing the prominent part you did and you're watching the stories and you were mentioning they change and where yeah. you are change as well do you follow it do you anticipate you know what might be coming or do you leave that to the to the writers and you just take your lines well, we used to we used to guess on set sometimes what was going to happen and then you know it would kind of either it would turn out like that or it might come out it might turn out completely different because we'd only have 
maybe the script the next the script for the next episode like a week before you know so mm. you wouldn't know and so you were kind of reading it a bit like the fans of the show were watching it because right. you, you wanted to see what was going to happen yeah. uh, which was which was all part of the fun mm. and like my god what a success that series was and I suppose like anything after what you were there seven seasons where mm. it came to a, a natural conclusion yeah. or everything runs its course as such was there a real sadness? You know, I have to say, The Good Wife was one I loved yeah. in uh, when, it, when it screened there uh, a few years back and I followed every episode. And when it finished, I was, I was really sad. I mean, you're naturally sad because you're finishing up playing a character that you've played for, yeah. you've invested in for six years. And, you know, I absolutely loved playing Captain Hook. Uh, and it'll forever be a part of, of me, uh, you know, and... Like one of the one of my proudest things we were in, I was doing a thing in Disney World last year, and I got taken in. They were doing a pirates expo- uh, exhibition, and um, my costume was there. And I was told there that it had been requisitioned for the Disney archives as the official Captain Hook costume. And that for me was, I was mm. like, there you go. That's <laughs> that's an. I never ever thought something like that would be. Well, one, I never thought I'd ever play Captain Hook. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, so that was kind of a big thing. But yeah, you do feel a sense of sadness. You know, you, you kind of build a little bit of a family of unit there. And, you know, not just the cast, mostly with the crew and stuff, because you're there, you spend all your time with them. Mm. But uh, but you also, you you know, I think at that at that point, you're ready to kind of let it fly. You know what I mean? And yeah. sort of go... And, and see what's next. Pull the curtain and move on to the next yeah. uh, opportunity and project. So that is a time. It, it it is a moment. It's like a hiatus in your career that you say, "Okay, that's done now. Let's move forward to something else." You did hear the rumours late last year. I'm sure about you and a big role to come. Yes, don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> you. <are. laughs> Will I remind you? Uh, no, uh, uh, no. Do you no. need reminding? No, no, no. I you were being mentioned in the same breath as the uh, actor that was going to play the next Superman. Did, right? Did, did you hear anything about that? Is, is that, or is it just rumor, conjecture? Still, I think it's you know, it just you know something maybe that's floating around yeah. in the ether. Who knows? I'll never play poker with you. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Never, ever. Anyway, that's what down the road, and it is a rumour, I have to say, at this stage. But a nice rumour, you have to say. You yeah, know, it's nice it to be It is nice to be considered. mentioned, isn't it? Yeah. A massive role like that in the same breath. Yeah. But what is, where are you now? You know, seriously, like, when you come to the end of something that's been brilliant for you and part of your life for so long, how do you pick up from there? Have you an agent, yes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your agent yeah. is working away for you, yeah. like, looking at options beyond this. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I I sort of, I finished Once Upon a Time. You know, I was very lucky to shoot uh, quite a few movies in between as well. And, you know, I just, when when Once finished, I definitely wanted to take a a break for a little bit. I didn't take too long before I was off shooting something else. Uh, So, you know, it was kind of, I've, I've been lucky like that. You know, but you kind my 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 thing was that I wanted to do something that was different than Captain Hook had been, mm. and to try and sort of expand a little bit and 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 you know 
stretch myself a little bit and I think that I've been lucky to be able to do that. Okay. So there's opportunities and more to come that you're looking at, prospects there, definite work, all that type of thing. It's a mix at the moment for you. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been busy. I've only actually been off for, for three weeks. So <laughs> I've just, you know... Uh, Aren't we so lucky to get him here this afternoon? I know we are and I'm, I'm really delighted he's, he's with us. So lots of options there. And, you know, when you look at your CV going back, you know, you talk about TV, you've excelled mm-hmm. in uh, on the big screen screen with movies as well, theatre, you've performed on the stage. You have many aspects to you. Would you like to go back and do theatre? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to if the right thing came up. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to do it. I mean, I'd be terrified. It's been a long time since I've done it. <laughs> oh, but, come on, Colin. Uh, you know, Would you? Really? It's more the... I used to get very nervous. Now, I, but that was what drives you a little bit when you do yeah. it. And then you come off stage at the end of the show and you're exhilarated and, and mm. stuff. So... Um, it's a it's a whole different beast, but uh, yeah. Look, I, the way the way I approach it is that I, I think that theatre and TV, film, it's all it's all coming from the same place. As an actor, you know, you're, you're basically you're pretending to be somebody else, and and you want to play. You know, we're all essentially just grown up five year olds. <laughs> You just want to play every day, you know? Isn't that a great description? And, and, and isn't that something, if you can carry that with you through your life, to be at that stage? Because five-year-olds have great fun. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And they really believe what, what it is that they're doing. So hopefully hopefully that comes across when I'm acting. Absolutely. So in, in, in the year ahead, as you move on, will you be in that scenario again? You'll be moving and shaking, travelling, going to where the work is, taking on whatever roles you have to take on. That's your plan while getting some time back here at home as well. Yes. Yeah, well, that's the plan. You know, I sort of finished Once Upon a Time and then I was lucky enough to do, you know, get, get asked to do a, a thing for Netflix with Dolly Parton. So I did that uh, towards the end of last year and then I just finished... A movie version of Fairy Tale in New York, which I play the lead uh, in, so that should come out towards the end of this year. And then there's something else in the pipeline. So, what's Dolly like? She's amazing. Yeah, she? she's everything. She that comes across like, yeah. as such a, a lovely, lovely person. Yeah, she's amazing. She's an amazing person, and uh, she's everything that you think she would be. And multiply by a hundred, she's uh, really brilliant. So you got on like a house in fire. With yeah, her. she's easy great. to. Yeah, easy. You get that impression with her as well. Um, when you step right back with you and uh, of course your musical background is well known in the locality founder of The Enemies back in 2003 yeah. with uh, the wonderful Ronan McQuillan and they're still going strong oh still flying along yeah yeah. what's their secret how do they how have they lasted and stayed right at the top all this time I think just fantastic musicians and you know Ronan, I know he's listening, so he's probably going to go red listening to this. Uh, uh, Ronan has a fantastic uh, way with people and, and an, an incredible voice, and I think that people really respond to it. You know, there's mm. real talent in the band and um, just a love for what for what they do. That's That always translates, mm. you know. They played my son's wedding last August, and my God, talk about being on top of your game. Yeah. They're just wonderful. They simply are brilliant. With you, do you still you played and sang with them as well? Do you pick up the guitar? Do you do? I anything? still fiddle uh, do with you? the guitar. Yeah, is that what you call it? Fiddling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't had a huge amount of time, um, you know, over the last few years to 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 play. But I'll 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 mess about with the guitar at home, and you know, I've uh, I've been lucky enough to meet some really fantastic musicians during my time, and sort of 
mess around with them as well. So that's been it's been fun. Mm. And it's another string to your bow, no pun intended, because you always have that as well yeah. Yeah. to take with you and use in your in your acting and 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 roles that may come in, in the future as well. If you were to go like TV has been your forte uh, in recent years, but going back to theatre, TV, movies, mm-hmm. what's your preference, or do you have a preference? Do you love them all in equal measure? I wouldn't be able to say what what a preference is uh, at all, really, to be honest, because like I said. It's about a. Um, it's about how you sort of feel a character and how you can inhibit it and what that's like. So it, you know, how you relate to a character will change your. It doesn't matter whether it's theater or TV or mm. film. If you if you feel like that character can, you can bring something to that then that's all that matters, really. And that's... I mean, what's great about theatre is that you're able to create a world for an audience in a room that's not there, that's yeah. simply not there, and have them believe that they're in this world. And that's an incredible thing mm. to be able to do that mm. because you also are inhibiting that world, inhabiting that world. And you know what I mean? It's it's kind of... That's, to me, the magic of theatre. Yeah. Uh, whereas film, you know, you don't see the audience do that, but you're doing the same thing and you're feeling what the, the character is feeling all that kind of stuff so it's I, I, I couldn't pick when you, when you look and going back to uh, once again and you see the finished product and you watch it on TV or the movies you've been in as well what's that like to go and sit and look at it finished and, and your performance and all around that I mean I, I don't tend to sit there and watch all of my stuff <laughs> back to back to be no, honest but, but you've obviously uh, gone and you know you've done this you've gone and looked at uh, the first few times it was very very strange you know on Once Upon a Time because the show was on every week and it was, you know, we did 156 episodes, whatever. You sort of get used to seeing yourself as this character. Uh, but it's, I mean, that's not what you, that's not why you do it. It's sort of what you feel in the moment is gone then mm. and you just hope that it will translate for other people. Mm. How do you feel about fame? Because you have become very famous. You've become famous all over the world with this. And all you've done in your career and what lies ahead of you as well. How does that sit with you? It's not something that I really think about, if I'm completely honest. Um, You know, I, I kind of... This idea of fame and what people aspire to, if that's what you aspire to, then that's that's fine. But, you know, at the end of the day, you still have to go home and wash your dishes and iron your shirts and all that stuff look it's after not, your children but it's not real yeah. it's not a, it's not an actual real thing and it comes and goes I think for, for me it's more of an idea of I want to push myself as much as I can as an actor in the craft that I trained in mm. and the, the job that I love to do and do the best that I can do if I if if, if people decide oh well he's becoming famous because of that that's up to them it's not something that I particularly, yeah, you know, because certainly for the 10 years where I wasn't really working that much as an actor, but really trying to, I wasn't doing it to be famous. I was doing it because that was the passion and that was the, the drive. And, and it was also something that my family and, and friends all believed in me and, and sort of helped me push through, you know. Is it sweeter because of that? Is it sweeter because you've experienced the two sides of this? You mentioned those 10 years. I think what you do is that you just appreciate uh, how lucky you are to, to to have a job. Now, you also want to do the best job that you can do and, and, and sort of, you know, pick the right things for you. But 
it's uh, I think it's important to sort of sometimes I think people work and work and work and work and never take a, a second to step back and go oh actually I'm doing something really good there or I really enjoyed that or whatever you know and I think it's it's good to take a step back and sort of go that's a really that was a doing once upon a time was a really once upon a time was a really great moment in mm. in my life and and I I appreciate it. Mm. What do you do for downtime? Do you know when you God, not much downtime, as you said, even since yeah. one stopped and you've been busy with only the, the few days you've yeah. had off. I know you're into the football and sport as well. Great performance last night, we have to great, say. Great performance last night, yeah. They did really At well. last, Colin. Yeah, it's about time. Oh my God, it's been a long wilderness, hasn't it? But last night, Ireland, I want to say that again just well, and I know he follows the ball as well. It, they were great last night, and well done to Mick and the team. They yeah. really played well, and they, they went for it, and, and that's something. I know you're, you, you love sport. What else? What, what else do you do to wind down? Music, listen, music. Yeah, uh, spend just spend time with family. You know, haven't been away for so long. It's uh, it's important to sort of be at home and 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 see people when you're here and and spend time with your family and friends. And uh, that's kind of it, you know it really for, yeah. for for me. You know, watch movies. Mm. You know, the usual stuff. That the usual do. stuff is right. Anyway, you are one of the good guys, I want to say again. And really, uh, you come from a wonderful family. And, you know, you are a modest man, let me say. Uh-huh. And I, I really love that about you. But you've done so good. And I, I say this for an awful lot of people. Your own people here back home are so proud of you. Thanks very much, Jerry. I appreciate that. And I want to say that today to you. Thank you for dropping in to us. I wish you well with whatever comes your way. I see Batman and other characters being all mentioned here on the messages coming oh, really? in. Wherever life takes yeah. you, this man will fly, I promise you. But for the moment, Colin O'Donoghue, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for joining Jerry, us. Jerry, thanks for having lunch. me. Thanks Thank very you. much. Louise, summertime begins on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Don't forget to put your clock. What way does it go? Is it forward? Spring forward. That's okay. the thing. But it may be one of the last times we we will be moving the clocks. You've heard, yes, yesterday, the EU says there'll be no clock changes in 2021 from that year. What are you Why so it? long? Why don't they do it from next year? <laughs> like, it's not as if you're going to have to, you know, put Louise, a new logo Louise. together or print new headed paper. Louise, don't be awkward about this, will you? There's a lot of things to be done with changing the clocks. It's not just putting your clock you forward. You have to put an extra number on the clock. <laughs> There's a lot of things to be done, Louise. Like, we'll, we'll contact Jan... Younger, you know, your man that's always dealing with Theresa May, and we have to put that question directly to him. Why are Louise wants to know is it taking until 2021? Why can't we do it next year? I don't know. We have to try and find out the answer to that question, but it looks like it. What would you like, wintertime or summertime? The extra hour? I know in the people evening? argue about students in the morning, but yeah, no, I prefer summertime. I Keep would it. as well. The extra hour in the evening. So instead of 10 past four on the shortest day, it wouldn't get dark till 10 past five, I think. I'd yeah, like to see you get it home before on that side of things people. as well. It'd be great. You know what I mean? But that's uh, breaking news. Yesterday, when we were on air, that they just passed that. Uh, so watch this space with that one coming along. And talking about time and clocks and Bye. years moving on, I want to say today a big happy birthday to Ava Flynn, my granddaughter. She's four today. Oh, I can't believe it. Only seems like yesterday when she was oh born. Oh my God almighty. She's four and she had a party on Saturday and a little party at the Maples Montessori. Today they had a party for her as well and we'll have a little something this evening but I want to wish her the happiest birthday. The love of my life She's I beautiful. have to say. And for her today heading towards news and weather at two o'clock. This is for you Ava. John Legend and all of me. Oh, 
what would I do without your smart mouth? Drawing me in and you kicking me out. You've got my head spinning. No kidding, I can't pin you down. What's going on in that beautiful mind? I'm on your magical mystery ride. And I'm so dizzy, don't know what hit me, but I'll be alright. My head's underwater, but I'm breathing fine. You're crazy and I'm out of my mind. Cause all of me loves all of you. Love your curves and all your edges, all your perfect imperfections. Give your all to me, I give my all to you. You're my end and my beginning, even when I lose, I'm winning. Cause I give you all of me And you give me all of you oh. How many times do I have to tell you Even when you're crying, you're beautiful too The world is beating you down My worst distraction, my rhythm and blues I can't stop singing, it's ringing in my head for you My head's underwater, but I'm breathing fine You're crazy and I'm out of my mind Cause all of me loves
Motors, Drada and Dundalk. The March sales event is now on, offering no deposit and low APR finance across the Dacia range. Offer ends March 30th, so call into Blackstone Motors, Drada or Dundalk today to see how affordable buying a new Dacia is. Our Oliver Goff Husqvarna hedge cutter competition is coming up. Yes, it is, folks, before half two. So stay with us on that one and you will have your question to be in with a chance to win. And we'll tell you more about that in a few moments. But first up, communion season is on the horizon and the costs apparently rise every year. One of the latest surveys I've seen put the average cost of a child's communion at just short of a thousand euro, between 900 and a thousand. As is our want every year, she joins us because she has her finger on the pulse. It's Siobhan O'Neill White from mams.ie. Siobhan, good to see you again. Thanks for having me. That figure, 900 Mm. to a thousand average do you think that's a low or a high average yeah we we were just looking at that there and um i don't think they've actually calculated that properly personally from what i know and from speaking to parents there's a lot of things missing off that survey and the costings that they have down for some of the items i would so you're saying to me i think it's more it'd go over a grand on average for because because people start planning it way ahead especially if it's a girl I mean people start planning so the dates come out in October September, October straight away hair makeup is booked um, if they're, they're going to go out for dinner that's booked everything gets booked I mean I know <clears throat> speaking with like scholars in the Village Hotel they were all booked out by Christmas for communions you know so um, these places book up really fast people are well ahead when it comes to this the Bensie Castles get booked straight away Um so people are so they kind of, I think they stagger the cost and with bouncy castles some companies want you to pay half the cost up front when it's communion season which I don't like um, I, I think that's a bit mean but maybe it's better at the end of the day you only have to pay them when the day comes um, there's other companies like Super Bounce don't do that which I think is better mm. Um so yeah, when you when you take it all, if you sat down and added all up everything that you've paid for, because you'll start buying, you know, outfits for the siblings and all a couple of months before as well. I personally think it'd be be higher than be that. much higher. Yeah. So let's talk about the essentials. Start with the child uh, themselves, the girl or the boy. Well, yeah. especially for the girl, you know, the communion dress. You mentioned the hair, the makeup. The boys, right, get manicured yeah. as well, and they get their their clothes. But th- th- there's no like. People like to do the best they can for their children on the day. And that is understandable. But going mad... What have you seen? Just tell me on average. Have Honestly, you seen anyone spend mad have, money on a dress? I, I have. I've had a mam at one of our coffee mornings who spent seven hundred euro on a dress for her only daughter, and I said, you know, Jeannie Mackers, that's an awful lot of money. My wedding dress cost eight hundred euro, and she said, well, I've only got one daughter, and it's this once in a lifetime event, and I said, okay, now the thing is this woman wouldn't have a lot of money to spare. Mm. So they made, they, now they saved up and whatever and, and they that, and that's everybody's they personal the prerogative. And that's yes, fine. That's their, but what do you think is a The dress was off the child. Thing. The yeah, dress was off the child after two hours because she was on a bouncy castle. Mm. So, mm. Uh, I mean, look, I know people will say, I don't want to go into Little or Aldi and buy them dresses for 20 quid or whatever they are. They've lovely little clothes for boys as well. Why do you not want to, to do that? Now, I know what some people do is they buy the dress a year ahead 
let's say your daughter was making it next year and then they put a different ribbon or something on it so they kind of change it up a little bit. Um, I think people are so proud and so don't want to ha- their child to have the same dress as somebody else and they're, and they're really finicky about it. But at the end of the day, the children only wear the dresses for a couple of hours. Mm. You do want them to feel special. special. Of course you do. But my daughter, when she was making her communion a couple of years ago, Robin, we were out shopping before Christmas and Monsoon was having a big sale and we just went in and she saw this lovely dress. It was 50 quid and she was like that's exactly what I'd like for my communion and we bought it and it was beautiful and it was 50 quid and it was perfect So you're saying you don't have to spend a fortune you understand people want to do the best but there is a medium 700 Even if you want to buy like a really nice dress from like a boutique so Alexander's Bridal in Parnell in Parnell Street in Dublin every year they do a big communion sale around September, October and they sell off all the dresses from the previous season dresses that were maybe 300 euro will be 50 Mm. euro I did that for my second daughter for when it was her communion and we got a fabulous dress. I think we paid 50 quid for the dress and then we got all the tiara and everything. The whole lot was like 115 euro for everything. Um, so there's loads of ways to do it without putting yourself under without financial pressure. Without going absolute mad. Yeah. And you know, we're on the run into communion now. Are yeah. you saying at this stage, the dresses are sorted at this stage? There's nobody still looking. Most people will have will have their dresses at this stage but um, you know, you don't want to get them too far ahead because obviously the child can grow yeah. and we know that. But if you are still looking for a dress, you know, Dunn's is brilliant. You can't mm. go wrong. They have from 50 quid up up to over 100 quid. They've loads of choice, the Paul Costello and all that kind of stuff. But they're really lovely. They're really good value. Um, I would say that's a good place to look. And if you're on a really, really tight budget, go into the charity shops. I'm telling you, some of the dresses are, they've been dry cleaned. They're amazing. Okay. Now, talk about on the run, on the run into today, especially yeah. uh, the day itself, especially with girls, the makeup and hair, which they like to have really nice as yeah, well. Yeah, but not for the children now. Okay. Let's just Let not put makeup. None. Please don't. Yes. They're ten. They're the nine hair, or ten. The girls. Hair, yeah. I mean, a couple of curls in the hair. You can do it yourself, or you can get someone to do it. There's a great girl, uh, Curly Cuts. We always get her to come to the house because it just takes the stress out of a very busy day like that. Okay. Uh, she's brilliant um, for communions, or just go down to your local salon if you want to get. I think it's nice to get your hair done for the mammy, especially. I always feel a little bit of a pep in my step when I have my hair done but sure a blow dry shouldn't cost you any more than 20 okay. quid look for offers uh, West End Salon on West Street is very good I got my nails done there for my daughter's communion and I brought my daughter with me and they painted her nails and they didn't even charge me so little things like that little I think so when people are nice combining the communicant with the yeah. mum as well is a good idea because yeah. where the mum getting the hair they'll have the daughter as well yeah. the same thing with the nails there's a, there's a synergy and a saving to be had there yeah and also I think it's nice to go with your daughter and, and mm. like this is her it's a special day look I'm not into putting makeup on kids or yeah. tanning them or any of that malarkey and some salons have told me they have been asked to tan girls for communion and they've said no mm. look they're supposed to be children and they're supposed to be pale we're Irish this is how yes. we are um, but yeah I think just keep it simple with the children and let them if they want to get their hair done let, and if they want to have their nails painted paint their nails what about the rest of the family because in this survey I've quoted there they're yeah. talking about outfits for other family members yeah so that figure was very low brother that you mentioned. Sister, yeah they're talking about 160 yeah, euro yeah. there you know for everybody you know or maybe yeah. the, what about the dad the dad has to look well on the day as well and the dad the mom is obviously a very important person Jerry yeah. and the mommy doesn't want to have the same dress as anybody else in the classroom so there's a brilliant boutique in Southgate called My Generation and she writes down the person and the dress and actually seen a beautiful jumpsuit for seventy nine ninety nine that I have my eye on for a wedding I have next month she writes down the school the mommy 
and the item so that nobody in this class <laughs> gets the same. There's no crossover. I yeah, like that. That's, I love it. And that's... 80 quid for I, the jumpsuit I was looking at. It's very dressy. 80 quid. It's comfortable. So you're not spending a fortune. Mm. Daddies, um, I mean, daddies can pick up. If the dad wants to go more traditional and go for a suit, obviously you can't go wrong with best wear. And they do the three-piece suits for the boys for 69.99. You just can't do any better than that, in my mm. opinion. Um, Tommy Bow has lovely, more casual, his lovely range, nice chinos and shorts if the dad wants a bit more casual um, and his website is 15kings.com but they sell it in loads of shops like yes. um, McKenna Man and places yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right. that's, it's, it's nice but it's not crazy expensive. Mm. The chinos I think are 40 euro but they're lovely. Yeah. Um, and he'd get you have to think, I always think, will he get the wear out of them? Will he wear it if we're going out for dinner or something? Yeah. For the kids pennies you just can't go wrong with pennies it was in pennies in the marshes the other day and they have this little stitches range for little girls these really fabulous dresses for like 14 15 euro and they look like you could put them on a flower girl they're so gorgeous little dicky bows and little waistcoats for boys you could get an outfit shoes and everything for less than 30 euro really now absolutely gorgeous you can't go wrong with pennies if you're strapped but you know what even if you have loads of money I still would go to pennies because mm. they're kids they're going to get dirty you know the child if it's a boy is going to put a hole in them trousers at some yeah. stage don't go spending a fortune go and you know be sensible and, and I, I want to reiterate something and, and emphasise that you mentioned there uh, do support your local boutiques and your local yeah. men's shops as mm. well because they have great deals in there as well and go talk to them and you'll get something different as well you won't That's be the same as someone else absolutely. But the, and the service that you get when you like I brought my, my husband was going to do this big conference and I brought him into Best Wear and Kieran looked him up and down and went into the back and came out with this suit and he put it on and it was perfect. Mm. I, I didn't even know what size he was when we went in. They give you just extra extra service. They do, and that's what yeah. comes along with it. Now, mm. let's talk about the day itself. You uh, mentioned it already in our conversation. Um, people have booked meals, mm. uh, family meals and things like that. Yeah. If you haven't done that at this stage, you know... And Panic! No, don't. No, don't. <laughs> what to do? Stay home. Have you got a garden? Get a barbecue. Um, we, we've never gone out on the day of a communion or confirmation. I have four children, four siblings in-laws, nieces, nephews, there's loads of us. So we are lucky enough to have a decent sized back garden. So we go back to the house, we go into the garden, we put up a barbecue. I'd usually get um, like salads and, and a bit of deli from Relish or Stockwell Cafe, somewhere like that. So I'd pick them up after the mass, bring home all the fresh salads and then whack on a barbecue. Well, I say me, Dave, does the barbecue. <laughs> I just carry out the salads. And, 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 and they're happy as Larry there. The children Do you are get happy. the bouncing castle? Um, no. Never. No, I. for me, I think it's a little bit early in the year for Bouncy Castle. It's just, if it's April, if it's the end of April, start of May, the weather is, it mightn't be great. Mm. So we, ch- now we do get them in the summertime when it's their birthdays, when it's a little bit later into the summer, no problem with that. Um, for the communions we haven't, we always do something different. So we would have something like Clayotic. I've mentioned her before. It's this non-transferable Play-Doh. She comes and she does a little, like a little class with the kids and she makes them all these Play-Doh and they make magnets for the fridge. It's brilliant. I love her. Um, Smith's ice cream will bring an ice cream van to your house. Yes. and the kids can all get their ice creams and all their toppings that's really nice Rockfield ice cream bring bring ice cream to your house we'll always do something like that but I find my kids they're in the back garden with their cousins that and their friends 
That's yes, where they're happy. They are enjoying it. We're getting plenty of comment. Keep Good. them coming to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. If you have anything to suggest for Communion Day or the expense around uh, Communion Day. The other thing is, um, right, you can do that at home. The bouncy castle isn't a must, but no. uh, they are available. And of course they are. I and presume they shop around or they... Shop around. I have uh, Pelican promotions are good and I, I personally would use Super Bounce a lot because they're local and they do, they have a good range. But they have popcorn machines and slushy machines. So actually last year I said to my daughter, what would you like? And she's like, I don't want a bouncy castle, but I want that for my birthday because her birthday is in July. So we got a slushy machine. And I tell you, you've never seen such happy children. They were just pouring slush puppies all day. They were, I think it was 150 euro. They were so happy. All the kids on the road came in and had slush puppies. Mm. I, like... We were like the Pied Piper. They were just coming out of nowhere for slush puppies. <laughs> but they were happy. They were so happy. Yeah, let me read some of this comment because yeah. time is going to eat us up here. Uh, here's one. I attended a first Holy Communion last year. The dress was brought the previous year. Mm. Now, this is going mm-hmm. back to something you said, uh, for half price. Yep. The family didn't get new outfits. The catering was done at home. There was no bouncy castle. The kids just played uh, away themselves outdoors as the weather was fantastic. And we all had a lovely time together. Too many people go over the top and it's not... Not necessary. Keep it simple. I Absolutely agree with Siobhan, right. says a listener there. Yes, Jerry, Siobhan is on the nail. Suits and communion dresses in charity shops, accessories also. People make things more expensive on themselves. Uh, you should see the child before you see the outfit, says Patricia in RD. Good, Good point. Woman. Fantastic dresses in McAvoy's Dundalk, says Geraldine from Drogheda. They're brilliant, I promise you, Jerry. Um, you're having a laugh. Uh, make up for eight to nine year olds. No, you heard what Siobhan said there. No makeup for children. Mm. That's what we're saying. Beautiful dresses in Lidl and Duns for girls. It's parents wasting money, says Val in Drogheda this afternoon. <laughs> Here's another one. It pays to be an atheist, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That's a, a tongue-in-cheek That's one That's a good one. Just on the money that, that children, you know, uh, you know, for people listening today, uh, oh, yeah. um, a child calls, be they a close relative or whatever. Mm. What's the norm to, okay. to, to give to a child? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. 
BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Irish people are really bad at talking about money and I think sometimes you just have to open your gob and actually say what you want to say. So my best friend and me both have four children which neither of us would have a nanny but anyway, there you go. We've eight between us. And my son was the first one to make communion and I said to her, right, we're starting off with the communions now. Let's just agree we're not going to put any more than 20 euro in a card because Mm. it could have easily been 50 euro because that's what a lot of people feel if it's a close friend or a relative they feel under pressure and again my sister is saving for a house and I said to her please don't feel you have to put 50 euro in a card you don't and also what we do is when we go to get the dress I bring and I've mentioned this before I bring my mum my granny my sister my aunt my other sister um, and we all go together and the mother-in-law and they all buy something for the child so whether it's a necklace or a pair of shoes so everyone has bought the child something and then on yes. the day it's like that's the necklace nanny bought me these are the shoes that granny bought me Great they idea. all have something that's, and, and everyone has an input everyone has an input we had a day out with the child it's a memory she has forever that we have forever and it takes the pressure off the parents to pay for everything and I remember my granny and my mum bringing me when I was a child to Arnott's Bargain Basement sure I didn't know it was the Bargain Basement I didn't care to get my dress and I don't know why but they got me a hat like the Pope it was bizarre but anyway (laughs) aside from the dodgy outfit I'd say you do that job that hat was an indicator of things to come in your life but it's great I mean having it should be about memories and experience not about spending I have more comments my daughter's school asks parents to send in a card and a five euro note so so every child gets only five euro no. and a card. Why? Why is the school putting extra financial pressure? No, I'll tell on you parents. why. Parents don't have to fork out more for friends, and no one is left out. Our school said no cards for children in the school. Instead, after the mass, we go back to the school. We have tea and cake. The children play together. They run around. Look at your dress. Look at my dress. They are ecstatically happy. No cards exchange hands. The parents are having a chat over a cup of tea. It is a delightful get together, and there's no financial pressure. I don't think schools should encourage parents to But you know, Siobhan, cards. a fiver wouldn't break anybody, would it? But how many fivers? Is every oh, no, just child no, just bringing one, one, one fiver? One child puts in one fiver and one card. Think about it. It's a very ecumenical thing as well. I know. And every child gets a card mm. and gets something but and there's no discrepancy. But they're getting cards off their relatives I know, anyway. I know. But I, I, I have to say I like that. Anyway, come back to this. Okay. Uh, there's another one. No, go on. Have we anything else to cover? Oh yes, I had another one there to say yes, Jerry. there are lots of people in Ireland who still have their communion money. <laughs> yeah. I know a couple of them as well. I John Delaney. You. And I'd it's a long time ago. Jesus, <laughs> oh, we better expunge that. Indeed, he hasn't. He's spending He's a generous man. He's giving it all away. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, communion season on the way. Anything else you want to say before yeah, we finish up? I think if you are having trouble budgeting, um, get some financial advice. You don't have to go off and hire some expensive financial expert or whatever. We have a financial section on mams.ie. Dave Kavanagh is our finance expert and he has budget sheets that he puts together for people. You can contact him. It's free. Look on his website, financialcompanion.ie. It's free and it just might help you budget a little bit better so you're not struggling and you don't get yourself into a situation where you think you might need a loan. You do not need a loan. Mams.ie is the website as well for more information. Until the next time, Siobhan O'Neill-White. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
The Late Lunch with the 30th. So call into Blackstone Motors, Drogheda or Dundalk today to see how affordable buying a new Renault is. In conjunction with Oliver Goff's Husqvarna Open Day, this Saturday we have some fantastic prizes to give away all this week on Late Lunch. One lucky listener each day is winning a Husqvarna battery-powered hedge trimmer. It's worth almost €300, and at the end of the week, one of the daily winners will win a robotic Husqvarna automower. Do you know these automowers? What are they? It's a self-operating lawnmower that cuts through your lawn at any time, day or night, with no need for human intervention. It can cut on slopes, narrow passages, get round obstacles, in rain or shine. There's no need to dispose of the clippings either, and it's fully controlled from your smartphone. And listen to this, it's worth at least €1,000, depending on the size of your garden. Louise, are you ready for gardening lesson number three? Notebook and pen at the ready. You've had Monday, Tuesday. Well, listen, you'll just have to hold the notebook and pen for a wee minute because I'm going to ask the question first because if we have the lesson, I'll give away the answer. You know what I mean? Okay. So we'll ask the question, see what the listeners have to say and then we'll have the gardening lesson a little bit later on on the show. So the number, folks, you need this number to win today. This wonderful hedge trimmer, Husqvarna, €295. Could you do it? And then the big draw at the end of the week, you'll be in it. 86 1800 658. That's the WhatsApp or text number. 086 1800 658. Here's the question. Which of these vegetables, and back to the veggies today, is classified as a brassica? Which of these vegetables is a brassica? Is it A, turnip, B, potato, or C, onion? Which is a brassica? A, turnip, B, potato, or C, onion? Which is the brassica? 086 1800 658. Guess, Louise. No, don't guess. You guessed. You gave I have it in my head. Have it in my you head. gave them a clue yesterday, a big clue. What did so you mean to That uh, was an accidental clue. It was relating alcohol to <laughs> to a flower. <laughs> it, was a, it was a real funny one, to be honest with you. Anyway, get your answers to us as soon as you can, and we'll pick a winner. And we'll have the gardening lesson with Louise and myself a little bit later on in the show. My next guests are a well-known family in Navin. Well, Seamus O'Barn is a well-known Navin man. Now, whether he's from Navin or not, I'm going to find out in a minute, but he was well known in the town because he was the owner of Commons Hardware and many, many people, I'm sure, remember him there well. He sold up in 2006, he was there for a little longer, but he's with me on late lunch today, along with his nephew, Conan O'Brien, and they're both welcome to the show. Good to see you, man. Thank you very much for joining me. Seamus, um, you got out in 2006, I have to ask you this before we start and we get to the point of this chat. Did you see what was coming down the tracks after that? I don't think anyone could have anticipated actually what was coming down the tracks for two reasons. One were the the external shocks, which was the international situation. And no one, I don't know if anyone come to grips with it yet, to know the lack of regulation and how poor, shall I put it that way, the advice or the assessments were of our strength, our financial strength and ability to deal with shocks. Mm. Both of those things turned out to be much, much, much greater than I think anyone in any business, maybe even some of the politicians themselves. But you could see things on the ground that alarmed you. I could see that it couldn't get any better, that the only way it was going to go was at least slow, at a minimum, Mm. slow down. 
And by God, slow is not the world. We hurtle down the hill. And we're going to talk about hills and climbing and mountains with you for the next while. When you got out of the business, you worked, I think, for another 18 months or so after you you sold up in 2006. Was that the end of working life for you? Yes, yes. It was the end of uh, full-time working mm. life. I, mm. I went back. Um, I decided I'd, I'd return to education. Not that I'd ever got any, much of it in the beginning anyway. Um, so I, I went to Maynooth and I did a degree in geography and economics and then I took a, a year off and I, I did a master's in climate science. And um, so I'm quite well okay with all this. I'm quite okay with all this global warming because yeah, that's good. actually my topic. Oh, great! Well, it's good to know that. I'm going to come back to you because we are setting up a, a special full late lunch show on this particular subject matter, and it's coming up in April. I'll talk to you about that after today. We'll park that one for the moment. Not doing much. Hey, your nephew's looking at you there with admiration. You'd only have to admire this man, Conan, wouldn't you? Uh, nothing else. It's the only, only, only word to use it, yeah, is, is yeah. Uh, admiration, yeah. My God, a, like. a whole new career in education as well after you finished with uh, Commons Hardware and Navin. Now, come on and talk to me about why you're here today. You and this fella beside you and uh, Fergal O'Barn, uh, your daughter Roisin and your niece Andrea O'Neill all of you did what? Tell the listeners. Well, we set out to climb Mount Blanc, all of us. Uh, only Conan and myself of that group uh, actually summited, actually climbed Mount Blanc. You went to the very top, the yeah, of course, yes, yes, yes. What about the rest? Did they get so far up then? Well, the way that they had a filtering system and we... Um, I think Conan might be better able to, to, to deal with that so, question. Yeah, so well, tell me. What, what happened was, it, the way it works is um, it, the company we went to, to our, our, our guides, uh, they bring on an acclimatising um, um, mountain climb for, for the first part of a week. It's a week-long expedition. So for three days we were climbing what's the highest mountain that's in, completely in Italy called Gran Paradiso. So we set off to do that and it's really a way to kind of suss out how everybody's feeling, if what experience they have, if they're up for this. But we actually had a bit of a bit of a ropey uh, experience there ourselves. We were climbing this this mountain. We we had uh, hiked from about nineteen hundred meters, got up to a mountain here in Hut at about three thousand five hundred meters, and then we set off early one particular morning. The weather was was a bit dodgy, but our guides didn't think that it would it, it would get bad by the time we got to the summit. But unfortunately, we were about. I'd say half or three quarters of the way there to the summit of this mountain and um, a, a bad system rolled in. And what was actually quite incredible about it was that it was a it was effectively a lightning storm. So we were actually in this in this cloud uh, on a slope, each with three metal poles hanging out of us in the middle of a lightning. We started to hear thunder rolling, so we had to basically belt it out of there as fast as we could, jump on our backs and slide down to get out of there because there was a strong risk we could hit get hit by lightning. Um, but thankfully, we, we managed to get out of there and get back safe and sound. It was a bit of a it was people were a bit shook though, to be honest. Um, but then the the guides made an assessment about who would be be up for for okay. Blanc and, and myself and Seamus. Okay, were, so you were, two were and the other three did they take any part in the Mount Blanc climb at all? They were, they were brought to they were they, they were brought to a different uh, section uh, of the the uh, the, uh, the mountain range uh, on different mountains. Um, to do ice climbing and do various okay. climbs. Okay, but you More two suitable. were the boys that got to the top and <clears throat> put the flag for Navin County Mead on the very top of Mount Blanc. That is correct. <laughs> now, here's the thing. You, you talk about hiking and climbing. 
you know, I have a vision of, you know, walking, you know, up a mountain on your feet and that. And then I have the rope scenario where you're putting in pegs and pulling yourself up. Which did you do or was it a combination of both? So what it is, is it's it's a climb. So you're wearing ice uh, ice crampons, you're wearing crampons, you have an ice axe, you're roped up to, to a guide, uh, you have a helmet, you've got a head torch, you've got all the gear and it's it's pretty serious. Like it's not it's not to be attempted lightly. It's yes. not just a stroll in the park. So it all. is a combination of the too. Yeah, yeah, it is. So the ropey stuff and that yeah. dangerous stuff was part of it as well, yeah. Oh yeah, that is a major part of this end of it. The, the Mont Blanc experience <clears throat> is mainly a climb. It is mainly a climb. Mm. You, because you, you're, you're using all the gear. Yes. You, the, the, the weather and the terrain is suitable for a normal boot. And the, the, the weather, of course, um, you must have the clothes on you because of the temperature, because of the winds. But in, in that aspect of it, the Mont Blanc aspect of it, as was the, the top part of Grand Paradiso in Italy, it is very ser- definitely climbing. OK, so how long are you at this climbing game, Seamus? Well, I began, uh, this first came to me in 2017, about the end of January, February, uh, my niece came and said she was going to do uh, go to base camp on Everest. And I, I'd never, I sail, I do a good deal of sailing. I've sailed with a number of local people here. I sailed through the Mediterranean with a local man there, uh, John Gaskin from Salterstown. And I've sailed with another man there out from the Linz, Anna Gass and Pat O'Neill. Um, so I've done, a, I, I've done a lot of sailing. I, I, I was up around the Arctic there with... Um, John Gaskin was with me there because you need two competent skippers in a boat. Mm. So we we sailed up there and we never met a night from we left here till we went back till we came back because it was all uh, in, the, in the middle of the summer. Mm. It was, that was a wonderful experience. So, but the climbing only came as was in in um, as I say it was about February seventeen. My niece came out to my house and told me she was doing base camp. And I thought, asked me where I go. I thought I wouldn't be able to go because I thought grey hair was <laughs> a direct correlation with one's inability to deal with climate. And I was relatively sure of this, but I didn't want to say no. So I set about disproving my ability to do it. Are you like that in life? My first answer. I would say yes. Yeah. yes. Good man. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Conan. I, I sort of I suspect this about this man. Yeah. Well, my first answer is never to say no. <laughs> uh, but so I, I actually contacted um, uh, a climbing crowd here. They do altitude and all that testing, and I went to them, and they tested. First of all, I was told it is not a direct correlation: grey hair and ability. Mm. Uh, while one's physical ability might be closer to a direct correlation. So um, he gave me various, various tests. Now, he said that uh, he put my chance at 60%. Then on the website of the provider, we were, then I said, well, I asked him actually, look, could, I, could I tell myself that I have 70? I said, I'll accept a 70% chance and go. He says, well, I can only, well, look at us, I'm going to tell myself I have 70 and, um, you know, there's always a chance that you will. Mm. Um, so on the, the website of the, the, the service provider that we're going to use there, they have a type of a self-assessment, fitness self-assessment. And they'd have, I'm going to say about 10 questions on it. Shall we say the first one would be a series 
of body images from a very stout person to a very slim person and you just click on the one that most resembles you to the last there were a number of other questions about your fitness and the last question was your age and there were a number of age brackets and the last group was 60 to 65 and then the final one was 60 plus which isn't a group so when you read 60 plus that's not a group because there's no top bracket therefore if one was 66 that is equal to being 100 because there's no upper yeah. limit. <laughs> Therefore, that means failure. Mm. But however, when I, when, I, when I filled in that self-assessment, it gave me a 40% chance. But you made it. You did make it. I went back through the questionnaire, uh, adjusting each answer up yeah. a notch yeah. to identify that it was the age one that was causing me the problem. Okay. Uh, so then I decided, well... Once I know where the problem lies, I I, I can deal with that. Yeah. Um, so I did make it. And you made it. And you did mm. get to base camp. And people think base camp is at the bottom of Everest. No way. Sorry, that that self assessment thing was from Mount Blanc. Okay, but come the, and come back to come back to Everest, right? Well, so no, that was come, come Mount back, Blanc. Come, so th- come, that was you were going to do that anyway, yeah, and you yeah, did make it to yeah. the top. But this was sitting beside you. But I want to come back to Everest for a minute, which you did before yes, Mount yes, Blanc, yes. and you got to base camp, yes. right? But base camp is where on Everest? It's five thousand three hundred meters up. <laughs> that's higher than Blanc, is it? it is. Oh yes, it is. Yes, yes. yes you yeah. see, that's oh, the point I was yeah. trying to oh, get. Oh yes. To. Well, actually, yeah. we went to another point there, which is five thousand five hundred meters. Yeah. At the, at there. Yes. So you see, look at this, Seamus. You had form. You did it. You did that on Everest. So you know, Mount Blanc was within his capability, Colin. Yes. For altitude, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But but. Um, I, I I've a good bit of experience doing doing climbing mountains. I've climbed most of the mountains in Ireland, or the, the big mountains in Ireland anyway, and I've done a bit of the Alps before as well. But I'm telling you, I've never physically been as exhausted in my life as I was the day we did Mount Blanc. Mm. It was something else. And I'm I was 31 when I did it. I'm 32 now, and I mean I'm I'm still playing hurling at a relatively competitive standard, You're and I'm fit fella. enough. Mm. And I'm telling you, so so I was exhausted. I mean I was fit to drop. So to see what he was able to do was just unbelievable. So like, you're 31, Seamus. 68. Yeah, boy, one of the fittest 68s I've ever met on late lunch. Heading to a short break, the boys are staying with us and they need our help. And don't they deserve our help as well? We'll tell you more in, in about three minutes' time. Seamus O'Byrne, formerly of Commons Hardware, Navin is with me. His nephew Conan O'Brien is here as well. They've conquered the highest mountain in Europe, Mount Block. And Seamus has made it as well, even higher and beyond base camp on Everest. Now, boys, there's a very important thing happening this week weekend and uh, you're here to tell your story but we want to help you as well the Irish Adventurer of the Year awards are happening Conan and the most inspiring adventure is going to win this and they're on this Friday the 29th of March in Mayo but you guys need votes how do people vote for you? Oh, it's not It's not vote for me it's, no, it's for Seamus I know it's for Seamus but yeah, you're indeed. part of his team and yeah. his support <laughs> and his backup sure, he so looks and he has won go on we're, we're just it's delighted that Seamus was nominated because yeah. he was at six 68 to climb Mount Blanc yeah. and is effectively his first proper mountaineering expedition. Um, 
and uh, he's been nominated for, for Irish Adventure of the Year. Does, does an Irish Adventure Film Festival taking place? And people can vote at uh, uh, Irish Adventure Film Festival. Uh, dot, dot com. Dot com, dot yeah, com it is. It. And you'll see Seamus there, will you, when you go there's in on a, that? There is, and there's a photo of him actually on the climb there. You'll see it. And you you'll click on it. it and you vote for him. That's it. People of Mead, neighbours <laughs> in Loud, <laughs> neighbours <laughs> further afield in Cavan and Monaghan and West Mead and Longford, we appeal to you today to get behind this man and lift him even higher than he's been lifted previously. <laughs> IrishAdventureFilmFestival.com Let's vote for Seamus O'Barn and he'll bring home the bacon from Mayo at the weekend. You wanted to tell me the story, uh, Conan, of the Gautier Couloir. Am yeah, I pronouncing that right? I don't know well, that. well, my French isn't great now. Okay. But it's, 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 Gautier it's, Couloir. Yeah. So the route we took is called the, the Gautier Route and um, there's a, it's, 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 it's more or less the most common um, route to take. But there's a particularly tricky section where you have to traverse a gully. So if, if your listeners could just imagine a really, really steep ski slope that's covered in ice. Uh, and it's very dangerous. Pe- people, unfortunately, die there every year. Uh, and I made the mistake of reading up about it before I went went near the thing. So I was a bit nervous approaching it. But I was glad to see when I was coming up towards it, I was with a guide, obviously, on a rope. Um, it was about five o'clock in the morning that there was a steel cable crossing it. So you basically hook yourself on and cross the steel cable. And that kind of made made it a bit more reasonable. But, I mean, this thing is, is dangerous for two reasons. One, if you slip and you fall, you won't stop yourself and you're going to go all the way down to the bottom. And two... There's about 300 metres of rocks above you. And as rocks constantly falling and coming down this thing at quite a sp- speed, if rock, if you think of rock coming down at two, two, from 200, 300 metres, the speed it would hit. So anyway, while I was crossing that, I knew Seamus and his guide were, were behind me. But then at some point, I don't know when, while I was crossing, I looked behind me and I saw that Seamus' guide had decided not to use the steel cable and had gone about 20 metres higher than the rest of us. And they were then crossing this incredibly steep, incredibly icy, incredibly dangerous gully on their own without the cable. And they were effectively crawling across it. And I swear to God, as long as I live, I will never be more grateful than anything than I was to see him getting to the far side of that. <laughs> it was it was an incredible sight. What uh, an experience. And you've just painted the picture so brilliantly for us as well today. But you both made it at the top, not together, no. Seamus, no, you made it at different times. No, we made it, we made it at different times. Conan, it's just a curious aspect of climbing. Uh, Conan was ahead of me, so he was up and we just passed quite close to the top as he was coming down. So I went to the top and I came down. As I was coming down, on one occasion, I recall, we came to a bottleneck where there were a number of people queuing to go down some particular path or route. And I remember glancing to one side and I could see where there was a track to one side. So I pointed the guide. Well, you don't speak. The wind is so, you know, the wind is blowing. He wouldn't hear you and and you're cold and miserable. And right, so we just took a little detour down. I don't really know. Um, And we ended up then getting down to the next stage before him. So that's just the way it works. Mm. Um, there could have been anyone on that hill and you wouldn't know them. Yes. You know, you know, you're just there trying to mind yourself to protect yourself. There's no such thing as stopping for a chat or anything like that. Oh, no, because you get you you get cold very quickly. Yes. So how long did it take you from bottom to top of Mount Blanc? Um, on the day of the climb itself, it took us about eleven hours. But I mean, that was the, the, we had been climbing the previous day to get to that point as well. So it's it's and and it's a three day expedition from mm. from I suppose from getting out of a car to getting back into a car. It's yeah. it's over three days. 
It's some amount of time, isn't it? it yeah, it is. Yeah, it's mm. it's 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 very tough physically, but mentally. But and and as I keep saying, as hard as it was for me, and I'm 31, I just couldn't get this over man. how Seamus was able to do it at 68. At 68 yeah. years young, I I, I think um, their methodology is to to push you as hard as you can for as short a period of time, so that you'll have least uh, the altitude will have least effect on you. That mm. if they took it slower. And the altitude would have any impact if the altitude was having an impact on you. You might make you. it. You might make it is right. And we've made it to the end of the interview. Thank you for joining us on late lunch today. I'll remind you again. Let's vote for this man. Get behind him, Seamus O'Byrne, and have him crowned Irish Adventure of the most inspiring adventure. Get voting Irish Adventure Film Festival dot com. Thank you both so much for joining me on the show today, Seamus O'Byrne and Conan O'Brien. Thanks That's a million. Thank you, well. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Let's resume our gardening lesson. Are you ready, Louise? Yes, are you listening to I me? Am, no, yes. she's not paying attention. No, she's I'm in here, another I'm world in there. I'm she's here. in another world. She's here. She's with us. She is with us. She is with us. I promise you. She is here today. Anyway, the question was today for the brilliant prize from Oliver Goff. I remember their open day is this Saturday from 8 to 4. They have special offers on the full range of Husqvarna automores, battery equipment and petrol machinery. Each day on late lunch, you can win a hedge trim award, €295. Euro, and if you're a winner, you go into the hat on Friday and you could win that fabulous robotic Husqvarna Automore. It's worth at least €1,000. The question today, the gardening question, which of these vegetables is classified as a brassica? A turnip, a turnip, B, potato or C, onion? Somebody said cabbage. I never <laughs> mentioned cabbage at all, to be honest with you. Turnip, potato or onion? And the answer is turnip. Turnip is a brassica. It's a member of the brassica family. Potato is a root vegetable and onions belong to the allium family. family. Did you know that, Louise? Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good woman herself. <laughs> <laughs> Put out your tongue there. Is there a black mark in it? I'd say Why there is. Why are they called brassicas? Really? It's just a family. Oh. I'll tell you, cabbage, seriously, cabbage is in the brassica family. Broccoli is as well. Brussels sprouts, turnip. There's a number of them. They belong to that family of vegetables. They're all the vegetables kids hate. Yeah. <laughs> are they? Well... In you know, my the, experience, anyway. Do you know what I had last evening for me dinner? I have lovely spring cabbage. I put it in last September time and it's just coming now. Lovely pointed-headed cabbage. I took two of them and I shredded and I stir-fried. Did you ever stir-fried cabbage? Yeah, it's lovely, actually, isn't oh it? Oh, my God. Um, a brilliant recipe. Jerry Galvin, he was a brilliant chef. Uh, Kong, I think, was the name of the restaurant in the West. He passed away a few years ago. He brought out a little book many moons ago and I keep it. And I got this recipe in it. Little bit of oil and the pan. Two oils, sunflower and there's another oil goes in there as well I'll think of it in a minute sesame oil and a little bit of onion uh, get a couple of rashers cut them up fine it's cookery gone from gardening to cookery at late lunch today uh, and a few mushrooms and just give them a quick stir fry a minute or two then in with your finely shredded cabbage toss it round salt and pepper oh Bob's your That's uncle all you need. Fanny's your aunt and Josie's your sister Yum. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. I had it with a bit of roast chicken last night. It was absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous. Anyway, back to the competition. Who's won the uh, hedge trimmer this afternoon? The Husqvarna. I'll tell you who's won it. Barbara Brady. Well done, Barbara. Turnip is the answer. You got it right. Loads of people did as well on WhatsApp and text. We'll have another chance for you tomorrow and again on Friday. And then the big prize draw on Friday afternoon coming up as well. 
Now, have we anything else to get through? Oh, yes, I wanted to say that Larry Clark from Navin Road Club has been in touch. Afternoon, Larry, to congratulate Seamus and Conan on climbing Mont Blanc. Well done. He says he knows Seamus for years and he's a great, great guy. You'd just get that from him as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, I hope lovely. he gets that award. I really do. Oh, we'll have to vote for him, Jerry. We're going to vote for him. We are going to vote for Seamus, that's for sure. And when, when we finish here, I'm voting for him anyway. IrishAdventureFilmFestival.com Get in there and vote for Seamus O'Barn and push him over the line to get him, uh, to push him through to victory. You heard the story today, didn't you, about the uh, speed limiters on cars. You were talking about it actually earlier on up at the office, weren't you? Yeah. You were saying to me, that's my that's my speeding days over, she says, Jerry. I did not, you liar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it's you're entitled to lie on the vegetables, if you're entitled to tell me lies on the vegetables, <laughs> I'm, I'm entitled to a porky. I'll tell you one thing. She's a fast driver, our Louise. I, I remember several days in a little Yaris. Can you get fast in the Yaris? Right up behind me in the car, me looking in the mirror going, oh no, holy God, save me from final damnation and counters among those. Yeah, um, the, the speed limit. What would you make of that if cars could only do a speed? I think it would be a great idea. Mm. If it works. Well, it's... It's coming in, is it from 2020 or something? Yeah, 2022 maybe even it is. They're hoping to to bring it in. Twenty. Uh, yeah, I think it's around that. Um, it'll be interesting. What do you do with cars that have to be retrofitted? Yeah, will it be expensive? Does everyone what have about to get that? a new car? Yeah. How will it work? Will it just limit your car to a limit? Or will it change as you move through the speed limits? You know Zones. what I mean? Keeping you... I do agree fast speed is lethal and is a, plays its part in many an accident and it is a good move I have to say but we're going to find out more about it and we'll talk about it when Tony Conlon's with us uh, he'll be with us in April again we must uh, tackle this as well and think, try and get a bit more info I think the from is the main word there like will it take 10 to 15 years for everyone to mm. get one like we'll have to yeah not sure about that but again anything that say they want to actually eliminate loss of life on the roads in Europe my god that's a big ask isn't it wouldn't it be great if a day ever came that people didn't lose their lives when they sit into a car to go on a journey? It really would. But that's the aim long term anyway. But with technology today, well, really, they can do anything and watch this space. But it's just been announced again in, in the last 24 hours or so. Now, up next on Late Lunch, I'm delighted we've managed to uh, grab her today for a few minutes. She's going to join us. Jill Kirby, you know her. She's br- absolutely brilliant. She's a personal finance journalist and author. If you're thinking of uh, your student, uh, in, your student at home, or a student who's in their leaving cert year and considering college, CAOs, all that's going on at the moment, and the fees in Ireland are putting you off, fees for tuition and accommodation, there's the European option, and it's very interesting. And Jill Kirby tells us more next. Going to college in Ireland and the UK is an expensive business, but there are options in Europe, and we're going to talk about them for the next while with Jill Kirby, who's a personal finance journalist and author. You can read her in the Business Post each Sunday and in the Mead Chronicle. Jill, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for joining me. Will you just remind me first, for parents of children heading to university in the new term, which will fly round, uh, believe it or not, even though we're only in March uh, next September time, what fees are involved? Well, there's no fees. Um, if you're sending your child to an Irish university, now this is th- these aren't private colleges, but to the Irish universities, um, there is no... Uh, formal fee, but there is something called the registration 
charge or the registration fee. And it's been capped at €3,000 a year. Um, I was just trying to look up. I, I'm trying to remember exactly when that was introduced. My own son started college around 2011, 12. And it was only about, I think it was around two grand or mm. 1750 then, but it went up in increments of 500 euros. Um, and it's been capped at 3,000. Now, in 1996, um, parents who have uh, older children or p- perhaps some of your readers who have their kids now will remember that the fees, and there were fees then, uh, to go to university were were abolished altogether, okay, mm. and, and that they were only reintroduced. Well, they weren't reintroduced. There are no fees, but this registration or contribution uh, charge was then introduced. I think about seven or eight years ago. Yeah, that's right. I, I paid it myself yeah. for a couple of mine, and you're right. It, yeah. it started at a lower level, a thousand, fifteen hundred, and it's eventually right. made its way to three. So that charge is there, but that's the only charge in the public universities. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, I mean, if you send your your children to one of the private colleges, it's not much more than that. I mean, there's one just up the road from where I live on the South Circular Road, and there's a few others, and they, they charge about, you know, three or four thousand quid. I mean, they're certainly not charging very few of them, unless it's kind of a local, uh, maybe it's the local, uh, you know, other college or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the, the local place, they might charge less, but uh, certainly that's about the roundabout figure. Now, um, obviously, parents who are sending their children to um, a third-level institution or, or university outside of their home area yeah. is going to have to pick up the charge for mm. you know everything from even daily transport if they're coming home or at the end of the week. They have to find them a place to live. And the, um, the, the students' union um, every year, probably coming up soon, um, you know, towards, towards the summer, maybe a little bit closer to when kids are going back to school, come out with their survey of how much they think it'll cost. And I think last year it was around 9000 So you mm. need about at least that much. Uh, it could have been more yeah. to to budget for if you're sending your child away. And, uh, you know, it used to always be that Dublin was the most expensive place for housing and transport and everything else. I, I think probably Galway is up there as well and Cork. I mean, it's just it's expensive for everybody now yes. to rent. Yeah, and a lot of people in our uh, listenership area here, uh, the youngsters, when they go to college, they do take the option of uh, commuting. So they commute in and out because, yeah. as you say there, the cost of accommodation in Dublin is ferocious. Uh, I know, that's it, right. It, it really is. So like, what, what I wanted to talk to you... I feel a little badly for those kids. No, yeah, they're yeah. Not getting a, they're not getting the full enjoyment of being on yes. campus or, or if they lived in the same town. Yes, and, and and that and college life is about that moving away, integrating yeah. new friends, new environment. Uh, yeah. You know, striking out for your own, and it's a great way to introduce people to independence in life. And you're right, mm-hmm. that has been lost out because of it. But look, uh, needs be money bees, and you have to yeah. do what you have to do to to get them there and get their studies done. But here's the thing, and this is the kernel of why you and I are talking today. Mm-hmm. And you sent to me a very interesting <laughs> uh, chart of other European countries, right, mm. excluding the UK, where First of all, I have to say, there is no tuition fee. That's right. Um, the uh, What's really interesting about us being part of Europe and with all this Brexit talk, I think maybe it's not a bad thing to remind ourselves some of the advantages of being Europeans. Um, there are a number of countries that not only don't charge any fees whatsoever, there are some which also um, will pay 
towards living costs. Mm. And it's not just under programs like Erasmus, where, where you know, that's a, a one-year special sort of transfer usually. Um, and and uh, a lot of Erasmus students will have a lot of their costs picked up, extra costs picked up. But these are just... Um, countries where there are no fees whatsoever, where EU students um, can apply for the same sort of grants. Now, not all of them. Mm. Um, that's up to every country, but quite a few of them will let you um, apply, not just for the same grants, but for grant-free kind of yes. accommodation and that sort of thing. And they include, if I can just run down yep. um, the most famous countries. So we've got Austria, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Norway, Poland, Slovenia, and Sweden do not charge any fees at all mm. to their uh, to to students. Now that's all EU, their own national students, EU students. Uh, there are a couple of countries, and Norway, naturally enough, because it has a nearly trillion dollar um, global. Uh, sovereign wealth fund to to dip into they don't charge fees to any students so from anywhere in the world matter, no so yeah. you can be from north america or you can yes. be somewhere in africa you can come from india and you don't have to pay the foreign student fees which we actually charge here of course mm. uh any students who come from outside the eu and the eea which is switzerland norway iceland um you have to pay foreign student fees and i i, I know through just, uh, I have a Brazilian goddaughter, and she was at um, National College of Ireland down in the uh, IFSC, and, and her fees were about 9000 So that's not unusual. I mean, NCI in particular kind of, you know, they, they follow the same path of the national yes. universities. and But some are even higher than that. And, of course, for postgraduates, you're talking easily fifteen twenty thousand yes um to send to send a student but norway and that's even for postgrads they charge nothing nothing at all so look the message i want to get out today because time is going to beat us is this if Mm. you have looked at ireland or even the uk and and uh, it's a bit prohibitive and you're thinking about you know accommodation in dublin or you know even the commute thing it's worth checking out our uh, friends and neighbors in europe and those countries you mentioned because there's no three thousand fee there are grants available to help you in certain circumstances be applied for accommodation is cheaper it can be. Yes. It can be. I mean, you're not, you're not, perhaps not if you're sending your child to Paris. No. Um, to, to the Sorbonne or someplace. Yes. Um, Denmark is an expensive country. So yeah. is Finland. So is, you know, the, the, the Nordic countries are not cheap places to live. Yeah. Sweden and, and, uh, Hungary, uh, sorry, Sweden and, uh, Norway. But, um, you know, they do, they do have lots of money and, and they tend to be a bit more accommodative. Um, the other thing too, though, is to, you know, consider that, um, these these countries also um, are, I mean, the universities themselves tend to often, that, that you would be sending your children to, they often have a lot more money than Irish universities. Yeah. So there could be all sorts of different ways of, of kids keeping their costs down, even eating at the college or, you know. Yes, there are many, many there, ways. But, yeah. Where would people and, go? I, I just have okay. to finish up, uh, Jill, okay. uh, just to tell listeners, where would you find they find out more information about this? Okay, well, well, basically the EU itself has a couple of terrific websites and I've sent them to you and I, I'm told by your producer that you're going to put them up yes, on we the are. website. There is um, the first link and this is the one that basically tells you what countries 
um, offer free fees and which don't. And by the way, a lot of countries now um, are offering all sorts of degree programs to their own students and to EU ones in English. So that's yes. another advantage. Very too. big advantage as well. But anyway, the first the first uh, website is Europa, E-U-R-O-P-A dot E-U. That is one of the main um, uh, EU education, third level education websites. They're packed full of information. It's called the Eurydice Program. There's a very big survey every year published called the National Student Fee and Support System in European Higher Education. It's produced every year through Europa EU and it is incredibly detailed about what kind of um, grants and scholarships and everything else. And by the way, there's also a very good scholarship site. It's called uh, the Scholarship Portal. Um, so scholarshipportal.com. And this gives a pretty current list, Jerry, of um, the scholarships. Now, that's obviously free, and it usually includes, includes accommodation. Um, scholarships that are currently available in 229 countries, including the 38 European countries and the 27 or 28 of the uh, of the EU. And uh, just, just to remind people, by the way, if you just give me another second. Yep. Um, the... Um, the Erasmus program, of course, is continu- continues to be open to all Irish students. I mean, Brexit has no impact whatsoever on, on any of this stuff for us. But um, a lot of your, your listeners might have, you know, family and friends who live in the UK or in Northern Ireland, and their young people um, will be fine if they keep coming here because all of the old, you know, common travel area arrangements, which include education, will be honoured by our country, whatever, but the Brits, if, they, if, there's a, if there's a no-deal Brexit. But if there's a no-deal Brexit... Unfortunately, UK students will not be eligible for Erasmus anymore, which is that one There you go. And another be. downside of Brexit, we have to say. Jill, have to leave it there. You've been brilliant as usual. Great and we job. will put those details on our website as well. Thank you so much for joining us again today. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Jill Kirby there, personal finance journalist and author with the Business Post on Sunday and the Meath Chronicle. That's a lot on Late Lunch for this Wednesday afternoon. Eddie's up next with The Drive. See you tomorrow. Have one. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dundalk. The March sales event is now on, offering no deposit and low APR finance across the Dacia range. Offer ends March 30th, so call into Blackstone Motors, Drada or Dundalk today to see how affordable buying a new Dacia is. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.